now that this week in global history is history, it's time to sit back, relax, and relive the week that was in global history class. Coming to you live from 2.35, Mr. Palumbo is ready to take you on a journey into the past to understand the present and change the future. Welcome to Enduring Issues. Hello all, and welcome to this special early edition of Enduring Issues. I'm Eric Palumbo. Uh, we're publishing this po- um, edition of the podcast one day early uh, as we're testing on the Industrial Revolution tomorrow, Friday, October 25th. So we want to make sure that you students have every opportunity possible to review this material uh, before that exam. So um, we're cutting the week a little bit short and uh, publishing this one now. So we hope you use this to your benefit uh, for the test that's upcoming. So we really only have three real days of, of new information and new content to go over this week. Uh, it's going to be pertaining to the test. So um, a little bit shorter uh, episode of, of Enduring Issues than usual, uh, but still handy nonetheless. So we started the week off on Monday um, looking at a, a, a more interesting and unique situation uh, that's taking place during the Industrial Revolution. Uh, we looked just across the Irish Sea from Great Britain uh, to Ireland uh, to see what's going on there uh, during this time period of industrialization. Um, we start in 1845 in Ireland with the Irish potato famine. The Irish potato famine is, is, is a blight, is a disease uh, that takes over the potato crop in Ireland uh, for a number of years, year after year. Um, the harvest is, is mostly destroyed in Ireland uh, by this, this blight that you know, grows this white mold and um, just makes all the potatoes in Ireland pretty much unedible. Uh, 90% of the potato crop is, is destroyed um, between 1845 and 1850. Now, the loss of this potato crop um, is going to lead to the Irish potato famine. It's going to lead to mass starvations. And when it's all said and done, 1.5 million Irish people are going to die of starvation. Over 2 million are going to emigrate away and leave Ireland um, to find new places to live, to survive. So what we looked at were reasons why this famine was so bad. So sure, 90% of the potato crop is destroyed. Um, and that's a lot, but it's just a potato crop. You know, aren't there other foods to eat? And we looked at different groups um, that were involved in this Irish potato famine, and we looked at what they did or what they didn't do uh, to help these situations. We looked at various groups like the British government, um, British landlords, the Anglican Church, and, and a few others uh, to see their reactions, their, their actions or inactions towards the Irish potato famine. And really what we saw again and again were organizations that not only didn't help, um, but had rules and policies in place that made things worse. Um, We look at those 1.5 million people that are going to die of starvation in Ireland. Those are obviously the lower class individuals in Ireland, those that can't afford to buy any other foods, right? Once the potato crop is destroyed, if you had any means, if you had any money, you would buy more wheat, right? You would buy more imported uh, produce and food products, right? But those of the very lowest class relied on potatoes not only to eat to survive, uh, but as a commodity that they could sell to earn extra money. And when that crop is gone, uh, not only do they have nothing to eat, now they have nothing to sell. 
this, this loss of income for these individuals leads to mass evictions, uh, being kicked off their land by, by landlords and landowners. So not only are we hungry, but we're homeless. Um, so a, a really bad situation in Ireland becomes so much worse. Um, different rules and policies in place by the British government uh, forbidding the importation of food. Um, still requiring the exportation of food out of Ireland. Food that's perfectly able to be given to these individuals that are, that are starving and struggling. Um, but they're taken to be sold on the world market. Um, during this time of industrialization. So, you know, these policies in place are things that make a really bad natural disaster so much worse, uh, leading, again, to 1.5 million deaths. And, and a major result, major impact of this is this mass emigration out of Ireland. Um, again, two, more, two million people, um, a lot of them going across the Irish Sea to England, some moving to other British uh, colonial possessions like Australia, uh, many, many crossing the Atlantic Ocean to the United States. A lot of um, Irish Americans in the United States today can trace their roots back to um, that time period of the Irish potato famine. So a really big, what we call in, in social studies, a push factor, something that pushes people away from where they live. And as a way for us to illustrate the mood, the way the people felt um, during the Irish potato famine, we listened to a great song called Skibbereen, uh, sung by an Irish artist, Sinead O'Connor. And in it, the last verse um, in, this, in this song, it's about a father explaining to a boy what his old you know, Irish homeland was like and, and reasons why they left. And in the very last verse, he explains um, to his son, why they emigrated away. So it does a really good job of both encapsulating the mood and the feeling of the Irish uh, during the Irish potato famine, but also some, some context here of, of why people left, left their homeland. So we'll let you listen to uh, just a little bit of it here now. So there you go, Sinead O'Connor's Skibbereen. So we moved from, from Ireland. The next day we looked far, far to the east uh, to look for the next nation uh, that's going to industrialize. Right? We looked at England and, and the, what they had going on there that made it so they could industrialize. That was our work at the beginning of last week. You know, England's abundance of natural resources, um, its favorable geography, uh, be able to import and export, things like that. And um, another place that really fits that bill is Japan, another island nation, um, a nation with a decent supply of, of natural resources that they can use to industrialize. But what they're lacking is the political will to industrialize. So going back and doing some review of what we know of Japan and we know about Japan from the beginning of the year under uh, the rule of the Tokugawa, the Tokugawa shogunate. Uh, one word or term that you know most everyone in class was able to come up with to, to describe what we know about Japan already is isolationist. 
Japan, um, had been fearful of foreigners, uh, passed a lot of rules and edicts uh, to keep foreigners out. And this was relatively easy for them to, to maintain and enforce being an island nation. Uh, they could be isolated. They could keep to themselves and keep foreigners and foreign influence out of their country. Fast forward, however, to 1853, when the world's becoming more industrialized. Western nations uh, are, be able to, are being able to better expand their, their economic and military reach around the world. And in 1853, Commodore Matthew Perry from the United States with the United States Navy uh, sails into Tokyo Harbor. And the, the isolated nation of Japan, with their traditional customs and ways, aren't able to, to rebuff the advances um, of the United States and Matthew Perry. Um, and so the people of Japan are going to overthrow the shogun. They're going to overthrow the Tokugawa shogunate, realizing that it's time to move into the modern world, that the way they're doing things um, is holding them back and it's making them weak. So the Tokugawa is going to be overthrown. Uh, a new ruler is going to come to place, Emperor Meiji, and what we know as the Meiji Restoration. Under Emperor Meiji, Japan uh, is going to go through a period of modernization. All right, we try to keep those words linked up to their together, Meiji and modernize. All right, they're going to industrialize their nation. Uh, they're going to try to uh, make their economy and their, their infrastructure and their uh, economic system similar to that of Western nations. All right, so this rapid industrialization, um, again, Meiji wanting to modernize, to keep up with, with the Western world. You know, a great political cartoon that we looked at, I think does a really nice job of illustrating this, is that one of the, the Japanese gentlemen coming into the room, uh, coming through the door marked club, and seeing leaders from the European and Western world sitting there. So Japan really joining the club, right, joining with those other Western nations uh, to become industrialized just like they are. And that's really where we wrapped up our, our new content for industrialization. Um, we wrapped it up by doing um, some, some looking ahead, making some inferences or predictions, uh, with Japan following a similar pattern that England does, um, having a similar um, geography, deposits of natural resources, wanting to industrialize and modernize. You know, we looked at what's the next step? What do we think the next thing we're going to learn about Japan is to do that we looked at a map of of uh, the british empire and looked at their colonial holdings around the world and students were able to to inference that you know what's coming up next something we're probably going to be learning next um japanese are going to want to do this same thing they're going to want to spread their influence they're going to want to find new markets new sources of materials around the world so that's just something to keep an eye on as we go forward but as far as this test, as far as this unit, uh, that really wraps up the, the new content for us. We spent the following day, Wednesday, um, just reviewing the, the process, the skill of answering those part two questions. So things to remember for that when you're taking your test, obviously on the part twos, the first key is to make sure you read the question first. That way you know what you're looking for in the documents. Right? So you can have that question in the back of your mind as you're reading through the paragraph or reading through the document. Um, you can start brainstorming possible answers or responses to the question. Um, different things you're asked about in there are things like historical context right, or historical circumstances. These are those things that led up to the document. Right? So it's not necessarily a discussion of the document itself, 
It's to think back in your memory bank, right? To build a little timeline in your head. What happened before that document was made or before the situation in that document has happened? Uh, we use the analogy of it being like a movie, right? The document itself, the information in the document, that's 45 minutes into the movie already. We need to, to go back and think about what led up to that point. So those are those historical circumstances um, and historical context uh, that you could be given for a part two question. Other things you could be asked about in part twos are things like point of view, right? As you're reading through this document, you've read the question already, so you know you're trying to keep an eye out for point of view. Um, be thinking, you know, what's the author thinking here? What does the author want me to know about this topic? What does the author want me to think or believe about this issue? Um, so when you get a you know point of view question, make sure you're reading the document um, with that concept in the back of your mind. And that's where we wrapped up um, all of our stuff. Uh, Thursday we did just a full class review. You have the materials uh, that we made there, the review sheet. Um, and the practice multiple choice that we did. So those are great things to be looking over, um, along with all of your, your regular notes uh, that you've taken throughout class. So be looking through those things. Um, go back and listen to the, the first edition of the Industrial Revolution podcast. Uh, that takes you through you know, really everything from the causes of it and reasons why it takes place in England, all the way up to and including uh, the different economic systems uh, that we, we read about and talked about during our seminar. Um, so everything's out there for you. Uh, we wish you a lot of luck uh, on this one. You're listening to this podcast already, so you're already doing um, great things and you're going the right direction, um, and we hope you do well. All right. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.